This is a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. The Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 8. And the title of my message today, you can put this on the screen, is We Want a Hero. Every single one of us wants a hero. And if we, if we begin to think and reflect on your childhood, upon your adolescence, you'll begin to think of different heroes. Does anyone in here remember a guy, a football player named Mike Singletary? Some of you guys remember that. He coaches for the 49ers now. Mike Singletary played for Baylor and then for the Chicago Bears. And he played the same position that I played in football. And he was one of my heroes. I wanted to emulate him. And when he would play, if you remember, his eyes would get really, really big. One of the things, that, if you haven't noticed about me, my eyes never are really open. In fact, you know, people all the time are like, you are so tired, are you okay? And I'm like, I am wide awake. It's just my eyes don't really open up. They stay squinty, so to speak. So I would try to, because I'd watch Mike Singletary and, and he would play and his eyes would be big, I'd sit there and I'd try to open my eyes and it just didn't work out for me. I remember I skipped church. This, this used to be scandalous to do this. He played his last regular season game at Texas Stadium. I skipped church to go see him play and and there's something called modeling and that is a good thing. You know, we see people that we want to emulate their lives and so we model them. Tommy Barnett pastors a great church in Phoenix, Arizona and I used to order all his tapes and listen to him and go to his conferences and when he would preach he'd say, friends, friends, the Bible says this, that or the other. Friends, what you'd realize today. So I was a 15 years old saying, friends, my youth group. And that wasn't really cool to call them friends, but I was modeling him and I was emulating him. So today though, I want to give this disclaimer. It's not wrong to have heroes in the sense of people that we admire and people we model. These days, my heroes, you probably wouldn't know their names because they're not popular in pop culture, but they're people that I admire the way they parent. I admire what they give up for Jesus Christ. I admire the character, and those are the heroes in my life, and I'm finding heroes all the time. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, look at my life, emulate me, and that will get you closer to Christ. What a bold statement. What I want to talk about today, though, is when we worship our heroes. When our heroes replace God in our lives. And when I talk about heroes, it might not be even a person. I'm talking about when things replace God in our lives. Because we find in the passage in 1 Samuel 8 that the people of Israel, God's chosen people, came to a crossroads and they picked a hero instead of God. They picked a king instead of God. They picked the world system instead of God's system. And beginning in verse, verse 5, we, we read this together, and here's the first point that I want you to make. That if, you're, if you take your bulletin in the back, there's a chance for you to fill in the blank if that will help you organize the sermon. So if you want to do that right now, look at the back of your bulletin. And the first thing that I want to point out, it's human nature to look for a hero. It's human nature to look for a hero. Just as I would emulate a football player or a preacher or someone of interest to me, it's our nature to look for a hero. And that's why in 1 Samuel 8, 5, they said to him, they were talking to Samuel, they said, you are old and your sons don't walk in your ways. 
Now appoint us a king to lead us, such as all the other nations here. It's human nature to look to something tangible, someone we can physically see, someone that we can hear, someone that we can get to, and let them be our heroes in our life. Now, Israel had come to a crisis point, and they needed leadership for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons they needed leadership is Samuel's sons were not good leaders. Samuel was a prophet of God, but his sons were not good leaders. And whenever there is an absence of good leadership, then all of a sudden we're very vulnerable to putting a hero or to putting a king in a position that God should be in. You know how it is. We've been through a bad situation. We've been through something negative, And we just want a personality to solve our problems. A lot of times we look back in history and we say, how in the world did the German nation follow someone like Adolf Hitler? How in the world did they just lay down their culture and their history to follow this madman? The truth is the Weimar Republic had failed. The Weimar Republic had failed and had not had, had taken the country into economic despair. And there was a cultural depression. And all of a sudden, this charismatic leader came in and said, you can be great. This nation can be great. And then people were ready to follow him. When there's an absence of great leadership, we're vulnerable to a charismatic leader who can come in and who can solve our problems. And this doesn't just apply to nations. It applies to churches too. Times at churches when they've gone into a rough situation and the mindset is just give us someone to lead. Just give us someone to follow. That's a vulnerable place to be. If a business, when a business is not going well, just give us someone. Give us a CEO, someone to give us leadership. And while great leadership is important and needed, that it can be vulnerable when great leadership, when it replaces the culture and replaces the personality of the group. I think about it in our family structure. Think about for those of you who are single moms and you're without a leader in your life and you're without someone in your life and there's this tendency just to settle and just let someone come into your life when they might not be everything God wants them to be. Why? Because in the absence of leadership, we get desperate for a hero. And that's where the Israelites were. Samuel's sons were not qualified. They were not qualified to be leaders because of that. They were very vulnerable. It was human nature. It's human nature for us to look for a leader. Now, the issue here goes deeper than that because God had set up, He had set up His special people, His unique people of Israel. And He said, I want you to be different from the rest of the world. I want you to be totally unique. And there is something called a theocracy, which means God is the ultimate king. That's why He used judges and He used prophets people who heard the voice of God, people who God had anointed, not people who had just inherited a kingship. And because of that, this was supposed to be a unique, set-apart group of people who were led by God, not by a man, not by a personality. They were supposed to be set apart. But you see there in verse 5, if you go back to that point, verse 5, what did they say? They said, we want to be like the other nations. It's that tendency within us to say, we want what everyone else wants. So let me ask you this question. There's something missing in your life. 
there's something that's missing. There's something in your life that you wish you had. You might feel just like the Israelites felt. We don't have a king. We don't have a king. We're not like anybody else. We don't have a king. That is missing. If we had a king, then we wouldn't have the problems. If we had a king, then we would have someone to fight our battles for us. If we had a king, then this would not be an issue. What is your king? Who is your king? Who or what do you think will take that missing spot, that missing piece of the puzzle, and fill that? Who is that? Because here, here's the truth. Our human nature will look for someone to take the place of God in our lives. Our human nature will look for something else. It might not be a person, but it might be our dream. It might be our goals. It might be money itself. And if we just have that, that will take the place of God in our lives. We, here's the second point. We mistakenly think, you can write this down, that others have the hero we haven't found. We mistakenly think others have the hero we haven't found. Look at all the other nations. Look at all the other people. They have a king. We don't have a king. That's what we're missing. We can play that game in our head over and over and over again. You know, it starts with our most basic needs, our need for a loving parent. And the truth is, we have a huge spectrum here of the type of parents we've had in our lives. Some of you don't know your parents. Some of you have had your parents abandon you. And there's some of you in here who can say, I have great parents. They took me to church on a regular basis. They, they provided for me. It's this huge spectrum that I know is representative in a crowd like this. But here's the truth. The truth is that our parents won't feel that intrinsic need we we have for God. But what do we think? We, we, a lot of times we play the blame game. We say, if I had a father, I wouldn't feel so rejected. If I would have grown up with a father, I'd have more normal relationships with men in my life. Or we think, you know, if my mom had been more of a nurturer and she had taken care of me, I wouldn't have these issues in my life. And we give the blame off to our parents. What about our spouses? You know how easy it is to do that? It's a really dangerous game we begin to play when we think if I was married to her or if I was married to him or if I had a husband like him or my wife was more like her, then my life would be better. That it would fill this missing gap in our life. And that becomes our king. That becomes our hero. That becomes what we look for to fill the 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 need in our life. Sometimes we think about church relationships and we think if I just was had a church group that would reach out to me and often if we think if I had a church group like the one I had in California or the one I had in Georgia or the one I had in the 80s or the 90s, if I had a church group like that, that would fill the missing point in my life. But it's a new day and you live here for a reason and you're in this church for a reason and God has you in fellowship with these people for a reason. And don't say, well, I'm just missing something in my life because that becomes your hero. That becomes your king. The in crowd. We always see this in crowd. Like there's some kind of group that we are on the outside of and we can't get in. If we could just get into that crowd, if we could be noticed by those people, 
if they would understand us, if they would reach out to us, then that would fill the missing void in our life. Do you see where I'm going with this? Our king can have a hundred different names. Our need for a king could be a person, or it could be a place, or it could be a dream. Sometimes we think, if I had a certain pastor, or if my pastor was like that, or if our youth pastor was this way, or if our youth pastor was like the ones I've seen before, if we just had a king, if we just had a hero, if we just had a personality to depend on, if we just had someone who could come in and lead worship a certain way, like that person leads worship. Wrong focus. You, you see this? Wrong focus. In the whole time, God is saying, let me, let me fill those gaps. Let me fill those needs. Let me be your everything. Let me be your connecting point. What happens is when we get a hero in our life, when we get a king in our life, and we say, we have to have this king, we have to have this hero, something very subtle happens, and it's point number three. We will sacrifice the needs of our family and finances to please our earthly hero. We will sacrifice the needs of our family and our finances to please our earthly hero. You see, the elders came to Samuel and said, we want a king. We want a king like every other nation. And God said, that's okay, but this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen when you have a king. Let's look at verse 10. If you can go to the whole passage there. Verse 10, and I'm going to have to read it with you, Randy. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 10. Thank you. It said, Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will do. There's four things he was going to do. He'll, make, he'll take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. And some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap the harvest and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters. Here's the second thing. So the first thing, he's going to take the sons and he's going to put them in the army. The second thing, he says, he will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. That's number three. And he will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your men servants and maid servants and the best of your cattle and donkey. He will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become his slaves. God clearly said, and it goes on, says, when that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, and the Lord will not answer you in that day. God said in advance, there's some things that's going to happen. The king is going to take your sons, and he's going to make them, he's going to draft them into the army, and he's going to take them to battle. Then he's going to take your daughters, and he's going to take them to the palace, and he's going to use them for his benefit. And then he's going to take your crops and he's going to take your resources and he's going to take your finances and they're going to be for his benefit and for his blessing. And yet the people, yet even though they knew in advance what was going to happen, because they needed a hero in their life, because they needed a king, they said, give us a king anyway. Give us a king anyway. You know, a king or a hero, what they'll often do, whether it's a pastor or a boss, or someone who just has influence in your life, they will expect more out of you than they're willing to give themselves. That's what an earthly king will do. If you want to attach your destiny to a personality, if you want to attach your destiny, destiny to a concept or a dream or a person, that dream, that, that goal, that person will ask more of you 
and they're willing to give themselves. See the danger in that? Let me ask you this. What price is your family going to pay for you to pursue your kings? For you to pursue your dream, for you to pursue, pursue what you want, what kind of price is your family going to pay? For you to be determined to say, you know what, this one thing in my life, this hero, this idol, this one missing point, I'm going to do whatever it takes for that to fulfill me. Even I will sacrifice the destiny of my children for that. We're in a dangerous place when we need a hero and we need a king when God wants to be our God and he wants to be our Lord. How much will you give up of your financial future just to be accepted by people? How much of your financial future will you give just to try to get into the in crowd until you think you need a nicer house or you think you need clothes you can't afford or you think your kids have to go to a certain school that has a certain status? None of those things are wrong. None of those things are bad. But if it is the answer to you needing a king in your life and you needing to be with an in crowd and you needing some kind of personal fulfillment and it sacrifices your financial future, then it's the wrong king. It's the wrong hero. How much will you sacrifice your family's future to pursue that, pursue that king? Because that's not God's will for your life. A position, an opportunity, a dream. We'll give up everything. Everything for this king. Here's the last thing, number four. And this is the whole point. This is the whole point of what God's trying to speak to us. Our need for a hero blinds us to God's role in our lives. Our need for a hero blinds us to what God wants to be and who God's trying to make us. We're always looking. We're always looking for a personality to follow. We're always looking for a dream fulfilled. We're always looking for a missing piece. And the whole time God's saying, that's who I am. And that's who I want to be. And I just think, when I think of this message this morning, I just thought about how, as the future unfolds the next few years, how vulnerable some of you are. How vulnerable some of you are. And if you simply seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, if you make Christ your priority, if you make Him your delight, if you make Him your everything, He will protect you. He wants to be your personal theocracy. He wants to be your personal king. He wants, you, he wants to be control of your life. You are a priest unto yourself. You don't need anyone or any person to connect with God. You just need to go straight to God yourself and say, Jesus, be my everything, be my all in all, be everything to me. You are my king. And Israel reached this crossroads, the crossroads where they said, I have to have a king. And what did they do? They rejected God. Look at verse 7 with me one, one more time of 1 Samuel 8, 7. And we go back and and you can, I think at some point before there, and God said this. He said, they've not rejected you They've rejected me. Listen, it is not you they've rejected. They have rejected me as their king. When we look to anything else besides God to be our fulfillment, we look to anything else besides God to be our missing piece, we're rejecting his role in our lives. And I say today, let us go to the cross. Let us go to our Savior. Let us give God our everything. I want you to reflect on that on what we said today. I'm going to come back in just a minute or two to respond to this message.
This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.